0: Man, show up drawn by my brother. He over there going I twenty up 78 to Memphis nine hundred one. The man himself, the king of karaoke, the city of Memphis. J C Smith, what's good, my good brother? The city of Memphis, man. the town baby.
1: Nine hundred one Shelby Drive, look alive. What's going on, boss?
0: Bruh, I- I'm loving. The NBA Frenzy bro I saw the Grizz made another move as we talked last week. They traded for Garrett Temple. They got rid of Deontay Davis, who I think Deontay Davis looked like a female sometime, but I ain't gonna go there. But uh <laughs> <laughs> be the and sending out some cash. Got a pick out of Sacramento Did So how do I like gonna trade for the Grizz? How's Garrett Temple help the Grizz this season? And are you feeling more confident about the Grizzlies' record going this season? Maybe miss just missing playoffs, barely miss missing the playoffs. Maybe, uh, um, he hit, maybe hitting A spot potentially not being in the lottery. So 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 far down the lottery this year.
1: You know what? I think the consensus is now. You know, of course, when the season ended, you know, we would have twenty-two wins, something like that. Um, one of the worst teams in the league, and there was really no hope going forward. Um, you know, considering the fact that. We got the fourth pick. Uh, We thought we were going to miss out on, you know, of course we're going to miss out on Aiden, miss out on Donchick, miss out on Bagley. But it seems like, you know, uh, the sun is, is, you know, uh, the sun is is shining now on the Grizzlies at this point uh, as far as the moves they've made. Um, Darren Jackson, JJJ, or as we like to call him, Black Boy J3, um, he's been a revelation, you know, in summer league. It looks like he could possibly be the best, Rookie in this class. Uh, when it's all said and done, um, he's been he's been awesome so far. The Grizz have made some you know very kind of slick you know under the radar type of free agent moves, bringing in a Cal Anderson from San Antonio. Uh, uh, our Caspian. guy, uh, what's like Caspi? Yeah, bringing in Caspi, uh, another wing to come in and help bolster this roster, and then to bring in Garrett Temple and, and to shed two horrible. Horrible signings the Grizz made by drafting Deontay Davis, which was a, a total mistake. And, mistake. and also, yeah, signing Ben McLemore like we did last year. And, you know, and he was a guy that I, just, I knew was going to strike out here because he is who he is. He's just an athlete. You, you know, nothing more than that. Um, and like I said, to, to make those moves and to kind of just bolster the roster a little bit, Boss, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizz are able to double their win total from last year and to kind of flirt with making the playoffs and maybe finish as a ninth seed or 10th seed. But if, if, if healthy, you
0: know, this roster could win 40 games. Yeah, and as they get rid of Parsons' contract, because he, he's, he's worthless.
1: That's That'd be the last, the last, like, piece of the puzzle there. You know, once you're able to share uh, Parsons' contract, I think, you know, it's going to take a while for the Grizz to, you know, get back to, you know, uh, the, the you know years of old you know as far as the playoff years, but they'll be on their way, man. So that's, that's the last piece of the puzzle. There got to get rid of Parsons' contract.
0: Now let me ask this bro. Now I know it's a little far out, but what about the Mark Gasol and Mike Conley contracts? I,
1: <laughs> now, yeah,
0: I think what's going to happen with that,
1: depending on what the Greers are doing, you know, towards the towards the All Star break, t- towards the trade deadline. If this team is winning games and. You know things are looking up. I think they hold on. You, you hold on the market, and Mike. But if you're, you know, one of the laughing stocks of the league again, like we were last year, and you know you're losing tons of games, man. I think at that point you have to go
0: ahead and make a move on either one of those guys, man. Yes, indeed. Now making us made the move. The Spurs made a move. So, the Toronto Raptors. This trade that went down. Uh, you got Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green going to Toronto. Protected first-round pick, 1-20, he's protected. Purtle and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Seems like the media, you Jerry want to get off of that contract of DeMar DeRozan very bad. Because think about this, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, both aspiring contracts. And DeMar DeRozan you got three years of the DeMar DeRozan in San Antonio. If, if you want to see his first-round pick and Jacob Purtle. Uh, Worked thoughts in this trade. And do you feel like the Spurs is dealing with a straight quad in the Western Conference? Now he can pretty much walk to LA in the offseason. I don't think Masai Jury can convince him to stay in Toronto. I don't think that's going to happen. This is a one year run on this, you know, just, to we all, his, just to get off their contract. Now, we all said that about Paul
1: George also, thinking that he was just a rental, you know what I'm saying, for Oklahoma City and that he was going to be on his way to LA he after is a year. Be. But we all saw what happened with that. Yeah. But, I mean, who's to say? You know, well I'm, well, I'm gonna tell you I'm a story about yet. that, bro.
0: I, I got, I'm gonna get you there. Remember, Paul George agent, is Julius Randle's agent. That was probably the agent getting back at the Lakers But not giving his guy Julius an extension and playing playing Damn. with fire with the cap. Remember, you never know. It's just the same agent. You never remember know. That? That's why I remember yep. that. Yep. get a
1: point. Beat. That's a great point, boss. You know what I'm saying? And like. Who's to say? You know, uh, Kawhi, of course, you know, probably unhappy right now. But, I mean, you go up to Toronto and, and, like I said, and and also Toronto, the way they were set up now, you know DeMar DeRozan. I'm not going to say he's a choke artist, but he's just not not ideal as far as being a clutch player in the postseason. And we all know about Kyle Lowry's struggles in in previous postseasons. Like, we knew at their best they were a 50-win team, but as long as LeBron James was in the Eastern Conference, you weren't going to get past LeBron. So why not? If, if Kawhi is fully healthy, you're, it's an upgrade over DeMar DeRozan. And you talk about a guy who's going to bring it on the offensive and defensive end, there's no question about his clutch gene come postseason time. You know what I'm saying? So why not take a chance? And if it's a one-year rental, it's a one-year rental, but – if you're somehow able to compete with Boston, you know, and get to the conference finals, and I'm not saying they're going to beat Boston, but I take my chances, man. And then, you know, kind of to see where Kawhi, how he feels, it, you know, towards the end of the year, next year. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad move at all, man. And then I think San Antonio is actually going to get, you know, the lesser end of this deal. Even though you got DeMar DeRozan, you know, contract and everything for for three years, I really think DeMar DeRozan is going to be so butthurt about this and, I don't see him. I don't see him, he, even though Demar Derozan not you know uh, a problem or, or a character or a locker room guy. I don't see him necessarily fitting in with the San Antonio way. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, because yeah, Rudy getting like there. Like that. Yeah, you got yeah, you got Rudy Gay. You got some other wings there. You got Lamarcus Aldridge. There's a lot of duplication in San Antonio right now. So are they gonna play big now, and put Powell back and start lining right. up now, or play Rudy Gay with? DeMar DeRozan go small. I mean, uh-huh. San Antonio's roster. I mean, is flawed. We can lose Anderson to Memphis. You lose, uh, you know, uh, Tony Parker. I mean, they to me, the Spurs. Why they got Popovich? they to me, they're just they're at the bottom four of the West. If yeah. best, they could be out of the playoffs. I mean, to me, in the West, there's so many teams that I can make it based just on the rosters alone that. They can be compete for that ball spot in the Western Conference, so it's just like exactly. taking a step back. And I must say, bro, the, the trade to me again helps Golden State. It kind of gives them the yeah. West even even more.
1: <laughs> exactly, man. Like you said, dog, like I, I was just basically just shaved. let the let the let the pieces fall. You know what I'm saying? Let the pieces fall, and then whatever happens, happens, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not mad at all at Toronto for making that move, man. And, and and basically, San Antonio, as the days went by, you know, you were lessening the value of Kawhi anyway. So, you know, it was it was really, you know, the perfect timing for it, man.
0: Exactly. And and if you're Toronto, you get off of that DeRozan contract. That's very important. Yeah, man. get off that contract. And then, think about this in Toronto. Their salary for next year is $124 million already guaranteed. Uh well, $134 million already guaranteed. Uh, right. When you throw in, you got Lowry at $31 million. Ugh. Ibaka at twenty-one point six. million. at sixteen point five, bro. bruh. Like, whew. I would not want my money tied up in those three players. Lowry, Ibaka, and Valanchunas. Not good. Man, I'm telling yeah. yeah. I mean. You know, but... <laughs> It is. But, bro, in yep. East Conference, you still put them as three behind Boston and Philly?
1: I think so. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, but you know what? I think a healthy Kawhi, you may be able to beat Philly. You're not going to beat Boston. But I think you may be able to beat Philly with a healthy Kawhi, man, if they were to be in the playoffs.
0: You think he pulls a fake injury and, and doesn't play? He's
1: nah, man, I think he's gonna he's gonna ball out this year, man. Like, I think Kawhi gonna he's gonna be you know like he was a year uh, a year before, with, you know, against the Grizz in the playoffs, where he was just like the Terminator, you know. what I'm saying, and, and we we couldn't do anything with him. He was just that awesome, man. Like, I think he's gonna return, you know, to that Kawhi Leonard, man. I think it was just a, a bad situation for him in San Antonio. You know, he didn't feel like he could trust the organization, players. You know, talking about him and all that. You know, it was one. Of them, I think he's just a very you know. Uh very sensitive, you know, type of guy, man. You know what I'm saying? If if that's going on in the locker room, you know, that's gonna affect him and now they, you know, he's not gonna to wanna to play for you in that situation, man.
0: You know, bro, let me just before we get close up here, bro. Marcus smart. If you was him, would you take the qualifying offer and sign it, or would you take the four years fift fifty fifty million Boston offering him right now? If it's Mark if you're smart, would you wait for next year or would you take the four years 50, 50, 50 million right now?
1: I'll wait till next year. I mean, you know, you always look get as, most, as you know as much money as you can. But he could, you know, have another great year and then really kind of, you know, max out his worth next year, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's going, he's going, he can command top dollar. I think Marcus Smart is a great piece on on anybody's team, man. You know, and he's definitely a championship uh, type of player, man. That you could you could definitely add to your team, and he brings so much toughness and. You know, and just the, the little things, man. He's He always puts you in the mind of like a, a grit and grind type of player. You know what I'm saying? He, he would fit in well with the Grizz, man, if we had, you know, the money,
0: i.e., get rid of Chandler Parks' contract to, you know, sign a guy like that, man.
1: But i take him on my team though.
0: And final one for you, Jabari Parker to the to the Bulls. Like that deal, too? Uh, it's pretty much a one-year $20 contract with team option for $20 million on, on the Bulls' end. Do you like the deal for, for the Bulls and Parker? Do you think he would get that anywhere else but Chicago?
1: That is crazy. Like, this
0: guy's had, what, two? Two. Microfracture surgery? Not one, but
1: two. I like Jabari Parker, you know, but now I know two years, $40 million, though. Like, that's crazy. Hey, more power to him, though, man. I need his agent.
0: Yes, indeed, man. Yes, indeed. We're a, a close out. Talk about going on Eclipse sports bar and billiards tonight man what's going on tonight for, with the three kings what you got going for the people
1: yo you know once again man it's our anniversary of my four years we've been doing this karaoke thing. so we're gonna get in tonight free free before 10, Five dollars after ten man some of the best food the best the best mixed drinks man we we, we we just the best at everything man best karaoke best sports bar man that's how we do it it clicks man you should every Saturday night so it's going down tonight. Come, come
0: through, man. Check out your boy. No doubt, folks. It's so, my man, JC Smith. We went around the lead on the Boss Man show. Bruh, it's a great time. Man. I got to get to Memphis real soon. But y'all getting better, man. I'll be there sooner than you think, brother. But y'all getting better degrees. I'll be up sooner than you think, man. Like if I get, <laughs> like if I get a credential. Oh, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> man, you cool, man. Appreciate you,
1: boss. All right,
0: my hunch, bro. All right,
1: man. Yep. <laughs>
0: This time is reality. Pour on the boss man show with Jay Monique. Follow it, reality intercepted. Get all the news and reality tea you love and enjoy. So I'll turn with Jay Monique to give you this week's reports, and I'm pretty sure she'll have some stuff on the love and hip hop reunion and the non-participants in the reunion <laughs> insider. What's good, Jay? Hey,
2: what's
0: up? What's up? Oh, everything's everything. Glad I have a real job. i not a fake one like other people. That's all. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh.
0: Uh, I'm not, I'm not, also, I'm not copying other men's hairstyles either. You know, that's all. I,
2: I would hope not.
0: <laughs> what a bad take that is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But what you got for this week?
2: Oh, well, first, uh, Candy Burris. Uh, with the candy uh, her new show Candy Code Tonight uh so recently she had explained to fans what the Mile High Club means a- apparently there's some um, saying involved with her show about the Mile High Club
0: mhm
2: um so Candy Code Tonight um it's a pretty much an educational show but it's mostly on like the the sex uh type of part of it so she posted on Instagram what the mile high club really means. And if you're part of the mile high club, that means that you had sex on an airplane before. I didn't even know that.
0: Is it actual sex intercourse or are you talking about getting topped off?
2: No, I think that they mean actual intercourse.
0: Cause I've got topped off on an airplane or <laughs> I haven't.
2: Who <laughs> isn't you like you trying to be part of the Mile High Club?
0: <laughs> I, I, does it does she mean like the intercourse or getting chopped off? Yeah, I'm getting chopped off. So I'm not a member. Yeah. Guess. So
2: if you've ever done it on an airplane before, you are part of the Mile High Club. Nice. Yep. And the next thing is Real Housewives of Potomac. And as I've said before, that is one of the most slept on franchises out of all the franchises. Most people are involved with Real Housewives of Atlanta or Real Housewives of New York and so on and so forth. Y'all really need to to watch Potomac, like for real, because they are a trip. Like, it's all the way lit on on Real Housewives of Potomac. So I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, um, but Monique Samuels, in my opinion, she's one of the most prettiest ladies on there. They stay hating on Monique Samuels. So the other cast member on the show, her name is Giselle Bryant. And they recently went to this place called Cannes, France for Monique Samuels birthday weekend or whatever it was. So despite the fact that Giselle and Monique don't like each other, Monique was still nice enough to invite Giselle anyway. And in spite of that, Giselle still nitpicked Like, you know when somebody doesn't like somebody, they just nitpick every single thing that they do? You
0: got that right.
2: Yeah, so while they were on the airplane, Mo- Monique decided that she wanted to upgrade to first class while on the airplane. So this Giselle character, she decides to complain about it. That, oh, well, we went all, all, all on this trip together, and Monique leaves everybody to go to first class. I'm thinking, it's, in my opinion, I believe it's her money. If she wants to upgrade to first class, it's her birthday. She didn't have to invite you in the first place. Shut up. Mm.
0: That's terrible.
2: Yeah, that is terrible. I mean, nobody's going to tell me what to do with my own money. Sure. And then after they got to France, Monique still was trying to be nice to, Gis- to Giselle um, and asked her if she wanted to upgrade to the, uh, to the suite that she has over at the hotel. Jo- Giselle gladly takes the suite and yet still decides to still diss Monique about pretty much everything. I call it hating. I think she's hating, honestly.
0: You know, women tend to hate more than men hate, it seems like. It just seems like the female hating on TV is just at an all-time high, and it goes to different levels that you never would think in your life.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, A lot of women have an issue with being happy for somebody like another woman, if another woman is doing good, it bothers them and gets them so unhinged. And instead of congratulating, they would rather just hate the woman for no reason. See, Monique Samuel, she owns four homes, and she's only like 34, 35 years old. Younger, and she's younger than Giselle. That's not bad, and all her homes are paid off, apparently. Wow. Yes, and they're not some little small homes either. All those homes are big. So Giselle, um, there's like a little blog where they kind of update what their thoughts are. So one of the things that Giselle put on the blog, she put, I get it. If I've said it once, I will say it a thousand times. All Monique does is talk about me. I guess obsession is a form of flattery. And obviously that pancake uh, sit down did not go very well. I'm glad the pancakes were good at this breakfast because nothing else was. So pretty much she's trying to flip the script on Monique, saying all Monique does is talk about her all the time. I've actually watched the show, watched the season. Monique barely even talks about Giselle. She, she's minding her own thing. She's getting her business off the ground and things like that. So, I mean, this woman's delusional.
0: Sound like she, she needs Jesus.
2: She needs Jesus, holy water, and a whole entire exorcism. She, she, she,
0: she needs the whole river. She needs the Potomac River. <laughs> I can't. I can't. She needs, the Potomac he
2: river. She needs all the Potomac River.
0: Like, like another. I, I, I keep it in that town. No names mentioned. Take take a dive and a leap in that river, Monique Samuels, you <laughs> <a huge laughs> jabroni.
2: Yeah, she just needs to leave Miss Monique Samuels alone. And I'm going to move on to. Loving Hip Hop Atlanta. Faith it's Evans and CBJ are now married.
0: Did not know that. I don't need to text them about this.
2: Uh, according to TMZ, they tied the knot in their Las Vegas hotel room Tuesday night surrounded by family and friends after applying for their marriage license in Clark County. Mm-hmm. They did. They sure did. Yeah. In Vegas.
0: Damn. I was not invited.
2: You are not invited.
0: Damn shame.
2: That is a shame. Yeah. Faith Evans and Stevie J are married.
0: Well, they've been messing around off and on for years, so it's not surprising. They can't resist each other. It's not surprising. Same way Jock can't resist Carly. Right. They can't leave each other alone. Well, that song by Young Jeezy, Can't Leave You Alone, that's it hmm what's going on at reunion that i did not watch What talk to me about it
2: the reunion um apparently uh, spice called out tommy for her lack of accountability for her unprofessional behavior uh, is what happened and uh, pretty much, part two of the Love and Hip Hop Atlanta season seven reunion was a lot more uh, chilled out um, than last week. Um, Tommy and Spice almost had a physical altercation, and of course, with most reality shows, the security crew comes out early. They don't. They don't let them fight. Sometimes they just need to let these people just fight. Even just let them hit each other a couple of times and then intervene. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously holding the stuff in. Isn't it a little bit healthier just let it out a little bit?
0: Yeah, always good to hit somebody and knock them out. I'm all for it. <laughs> knock a sucker's ass out, please.
2: Absolutely. And uh, Spice told uh, Tommy that she has a, a nasty attitude and that people are constantly skirting around it instead of telling her about it, it, it itself or herself, which enables her bad behavior. So she's basically saying whoever, whoever Tommy is hanging around with is not being real with her and telling her straight up, like, hey, listen, chill.
0: Well, told and Spice, having she having feels she's the only one pet.
2: being up front with her.
0: So we told her having a pig as a pit. Having a pig for a pit is a bad take.
2: It is a very bad take. That's disgusting, first of all.
0: Like pigs are not pets, they're animals that should be in a zoo or a farm, not in your home. That's sh- but I'm noticing more and more people having these stupid animals as pets. Pigs, they're not pets, they're stupid zoo animals and farm animals. Damn it, mm-hmm. Jesus. Now, I've noticed this a little random. How were the bad wigs and bad eyebrows at the reunion? How how many bad wigs and bad eyebrows were there? Um, I
2: can't really say because I wasn't really uh, paying attention that much to be honest with you. To how their eyebrows were done or, or how their wigs were done, to be <laughs> honest with you. I'm
0: all interested in that these, these bad eyebrows and bad wigs. just seems to bring me like I just enjoy how these women think they look so good with their bad eyebrows and that bad wigs on. Like what? You're not even cute. This is terrible. You should fire your makeup artist. Or oh God! <laughs> Pathetic. Or your hair. What is this, what's the hair person called? Cosmetologist or whatever. Well, she saw stylist. Hair stylist. Yeah. Terrible. Bad. <laughs> the sewing in the bad wig. that created a bad wig. Oh, this is terrible. Mm-mm-mm. And also, yeah, bad lip gloss and lipstick too. Another another bad things. Mhm. So what all they so? It was real chill. Now looking this season, J, What purpose did Erica? Men a, what the purpose did Erica? Men, that Erica chick serve being down here? What Honestly, I did, don't really know. I mean, for what I have heard you talk about this, you tell me. Season was pretty boring. It wasn't nothing to season other than when she got back with Kurt. He saw the baby. She already been saw, saw the baby before. And what was else there to it?
2: Yep. Oh, and also, by the way, the ratings for Love and Hip Hop Atlanta fell 25% without Jocelyn Hernandez.
0: Mm -hmm. Of course it did.
2: So even if people don't like Jocelyn Hernandez, you know, whether they like her or not, she was bringing that fire uh, to the show. You know, even though she caused drama with this one and that one, you know, the show is losing the ratings now without her on there.
0: Yeah, it really wasn't, uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the same, I can say that much.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't. I mean, when Jocelyn was having Stevie J's baby, the whole drama with the DNA test and, and this and that, that was drama right there. Now it's like she gone so it's like you don't have that drama with her.
0: It's just boring. It's no storyline since Rachida Becker Kurt, he's met the baby. You can't use that no more. I mean right. it's like, hmm, Where do you go from here for next season? Who do you who do you bring in? You try that mental chick, she didn't do it.
2: Right, exactly.
0: So we shall see on the reality report next week. So, Jay, good job as always. You fill us in real tight with the reality news. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All righty. Folks, reality report on the Boss Man Show.
3: Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers.
0: Boss Man Show, time for one of your favorites here on the Boss Man Show, the classic Boss and Bone segments, they are returning to the Boss Man Show weekly, Boss and Bone will be with you, either bringing the Boss Report and bringing you a topic around the world of sports, this week we're going to do a little different this week, we're going to go NBA first, then the NFL, talk about some real life stuff after this segment too, but first we'll talk about the NBA Bone. Glad to have you at the show, man. How excited to have the Boss and Bone segments return once more. The classics from back in the day, man.
3: Oh man, it's reunited and it feels so good. I'm glad you're back, brother.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, my good brother, as we have talked about off the air, the trade of Dennis Schroeder finally happened, Dave Lana Hawks. Uh the Hawks trade Dennis Schroeder and to the OKC Thunder for Carmelo Anthony, your boy, so your boy who you know, Justin Anderson <laughs> from, from the Sixers 2022 first round draft pick top 14 protected and the Sixers get Mike Muscala a Hawk fan favorite and the OKC gets Timothy Luau Carabeau, uh from, from Philadelphia yeah. <laughs> So this three team trade bone how do you handicap this three team trade, who won this trade who lost it, how do you think this will benefit all teams going forward brother
3: well, I think the immediate two winners are uh, OKC and the Hawks uh, and also Mello because Mello is still going to get his money. As <laughs> long as I know Mello and Carmelo, Mello loves his money. And I, that, that's not a knock. That's not a bad thing. I have him for that. He's kind of like Revis where he wants all his money and he will never settle for buyouts and anything other such. So so kudos to Mello for all his clean system rights. Uh, I think OKC is probably the best one there because they do get a very serviceable backup point guard and shooter, who I like, and they also save that tax money where they save about seventy-five million off Melo's uh, contract. So th- I think I think the Thunder, I think that, you know I think they did pretty well there, and Hawks because it's a reset. You know, as you said before all there it's a the total reset for Atlanta. They're trying to eliminate and erase all of Buzz memory from that franchise. And trying to get rid of as many butt guys as possible because he also screwed them from the lottery pick uh, in, in, in this past year's draft. So the Hawks win because they're trying to start anew, they're trying to start fresh, and they're getting rid of salaries and trying to, you know, make themselves more serviceable in the future.
0: And the Hawks are also waving uh, Antonius Cleveland to make them make the math work. So they've waved today. Jalen Morris got waved today. So I, you know, the smoke screen went up when I saw that. Jalen Mars got waived. Oh, to me all. Oh, they try and get clear camp space for, for that mellow trade. Then Cleveland the Cleveland must be released. So the Hawks don't have the $4.49 million room exception. And probably they'll split up and sign some guys to, you know, minimum contracts. The Hawks don't want to pay nobody. The Hawks just want to lose <laughs> and get draft picks, man. The Hawks ain't trying to be good anytime soon. You know, the Hawks want to lose every game right. possible
3: absolutely and as you see it's been the way they go in the NBA as of late in past years Uh, it's all started with the process in Philly Uh, the Knicks are now trying to do it here in New York the the same team in Brooklyn is trying to do the same thing with the rebuild and now Atlanta so it's what it's way of the world right now in the NBA the Kings also are in that group the teams are trying to look bad and lose a lot of games to get as many ping pong chances as possible and to garner as much salary cap as possible even though these teams don't aren't really attractive to free agents. Really, <laughs> these teams are going to try as, as, as you know as, as you know hard for this.
0: Get this: the Hawks will have fifty-one million dollars million dollars next summer for bad contracts. So I got to look at whose <laughs> contracts are bad that the Hawks can absorb next offseason, See who will be Atlanta Hawks for a day and get waived. <laughs> 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 yeah, a Hawk for a day and get waved, man. Yeah. That's terrible. Like Rashid Wallace, a Hawk for a game and got waved. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That was, that was fun. I'm still putting on eBay for that, that Hawk jersey. And so, everyone out there listening, please hit me up because I need that Rashid Wallace jersey. <laughs>
0: man, it's, it, but the thunder, man. A $15 million backup point guard. Ooh, that's ugly.
3: Yeah. You know what? I, I can't get their eyes in the way that. It helps their roster. It's almost like, you know, they – a much attraction. They, they leave Melo at his iso ball, you know, and they lose that big salary. And they get back a pretty big salary in the back of point guard, but it's still nowhere near Melo's uh, money. So I, I, I get what they're trying to do. Uh, I think now the facing is better now with, with, with Westbrook and, and Paul George uh, and actually, actually get more touch with Steven Adams, who is going to be a pretty certain guy, you know, you know, in the in the offense when we had an opportunity. So I think it makes sense for OKC. As like you said, it is pretty hefty price to take for a backup point guard.
0: And Truder is what Westbrook is, a pick-and-roll point guard. So the offense doesn't change much with him in the game. But Ray Felton, I feel for that guy. He took less good, he took less good by the OKC than he could have got on open market. And now he's now the a third point guard behind it in Truder.
3: Yeah, I, I've always felt bad for Ray Celtson. He's almost like a tragic NBA figure for me because when I was here here in New York uh, with the Knicks, he played played pretty well and he really enjoyed his time in New York and then he gets traded in the deal from Mello from Denver to New York. So it's almost like he never really gets the opportunity to find a real home for himself Uh, and he still even had a a good bargain here for OKC and now he's almost kind of blindsided. As you said, he took less to come back to OKC and now he's probably
0: third string. Yeah. Think about how much money they spend in point guards or Westbrook salary for Daniel Schroeder. Man, that's, that's – and Ray Feldman's $2.4 man. That has to be about yeah, it, it, <laughs> $50 million in point guards, right? Yeah,
3: they're, they're definitely a glut. There's definitely an overload on salary portion uh, the point guard position for OKC. It kind of reminds yo know, when the Timberwolves remember I mean they had Johnny Flynn and and they had Rubio, and you get adding point guards to the roster. It almost doesn't make sense to have so many point guards in their roster. But so it, it I almost don't, I don't tend to believe that something else also happened for OKC as far well as giving that glut at point guard position. No
0: bone Jeremy Lin got traded to the Hawks. I don't believe he'll be here past the trade deadline. I believe he'll be here now the- Jeremy Lin. Is- <laughs> I think he get flipped for an asset. I don't think he'll be here. Like the whole
3: year. Oh yeah, he he is definitely one of those guys where he's always looking upon as an expiring contract or flip contract. Uh, his, his time has come. His time is coming past. Uh, I saw firsthand in your in whole insanity, but his time is coming past. He's now sort of an afterthought. He's now sort of as that guy where he is almost like an add-in or a throw into a deal because the cap purposes now.
0: Exactly, and you know some. going to cap, Marcus Smart's contract, four years, two million. Yeah, he's a perfect. He's a perfect tradable asset. That he has a good tradable contract.
3: Yeah, there, there are a lot of guys right now. that are finding out that it's going to be a cold summer for for some of them. For most of the players, uh, that that these guys might not be happy with their deals currently constituted, uh, but they're enticing to other teams. As far as assets to acquire.
0: And, Bone, you know, I called this more than a year ago that this is going to happen, and people didn't believe me. Look look at look, look, look what happened this year. Oh, absolutely. Nothing.
3: Yeah, it, it's been rough. It's in been rough. Unless your name ends in James <laughs> or your name ends in, in George, there, there's really been a cold spell as far as, as, far as the setting spree for NBA players. And as and, and you said, you, know, you called it last year that winter is coming. <laughs> and It's going to be a harsh summer for a lot of guys. A lot of guys who are good players, not great. Guys who, who normally would get these crazy deals and they're not getting it this year.
0: It's crazy when agents and players don't listen to me. They need to come <laughs> and tell me you were right. Yeah, I was right. I mean, <laughs> I know the cap. I know money. <laughs> you had no chance this year.
3: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And like I said, if you're not a superstar or, or even a star player, if you're kind of in that, you know, that okay or good player, you're not going to get paid this year. And the best bet is to take these one year deals and catch it next year.
0: And even with the trades is happening, it's more so teams moving money around. It's not because Philadelphia took a salary dump in Wilson Wilson Chandler's contract. And Brooklyn took on Fareed, the Hawks taking on Melo. The Kings, they tried with Jabari Parker. They tried with Zach Levine. But think about it, Mm -hmm. Bone. Even the trade market for salary dumps has been dry because people are like, why try to dump salary when this contract going to expire anyway. I'll go going assets for when I can eat, eat this contract for a year and start over.
3: Uh, exactly. and uh, it's, it's not a very good market. And you called it last year. It has not been a very good market for these players. And a lot of them probably thought or didn't think it would be this way. And now it's almost a harsh reality where teams are just moving or making moves just simply to have, you know. Have a better cap space or or, or better, ro- a, a better roster, as far as guys who who coming who are coming in cheap, because this, this is just not a, a very good summer for for anyone really. And I mean, I mean, except, unless you're Golden State who works a cap masterfully every summer, uh, a lot of these teams are in limbo.
0: And I feel like Jamal Crawford, you know, I know I opted his contract in Minnesota. He he won't play for Tibbs anymore. Them long practices, I get it. $4.5 million to be miserable, I get it. But I'm surprised he has not got a contract.
3: Yeah, and considering he is the Team of the Year award and the NBA honors, whatever it was, he's one of the best guys in NBA, on the court, off the court, point blank, one of the best guys I've ever dealt with in any any professional sports team. Uh, he was here in New York with the Knicks. He was phenomenal to talk to. He was always gracious. He was a great teammate. He, he was always beloved. I never heard anything bad about him from other teammates, You know, even off record. He was always that guy where guys that other teammates loved to be, with, be around with. And even if kind of a gunner, he was never thought of as a selfish player among other players and other teammates. He's just a, a very good guy and a very good player, and still his age, he's a very serviceable sixth man. So it is odd to see that he is also right now out of, out of the team right now.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, folks, that's the free agency segment here on the bossman show Boston Bone segment. We're gonna come back after the break. Talk about NFL. We got some NFL protest news. We got a NFL GM getting a slight sensor and a black player. Uh, so we're gonna talk about how the differences in sensing works. So we're gonna talk about that all Boston Bone. We back eight on the Bossman show sticking tight stick, stick tight people. We coming back boss bone after the break. Stay with us Bossman Man Show.
2: Yeah, you should.
0: Hey folks back in the boss man show boss and bone segment just talked about the Mayfair So We're gonna change this a little the topic a little up a little bit here talk about the nfl and bone the anthem protests back in the news uh this week uh with the miami dolphins said they were disciplined players who put us on the national anthem with suspensions fines and or both bone just on hearing that story what is your take on Stephen Ross? Who first came out the previous year. I support the players right to protest and express themselves and what's going on in the community. And all of a sudden, he changed his tune. And you know why he changed his tune? He's known that jackass in D.C. for 30 years who got to him. <laughs> and now he's yeah, lot these... cracking the whip like the slave yeah. He's he, he,
3: <laughs> he is.
0: I said it. Yes, I said it.
3: Oh. Uh... Oof. Yeah, a lot of these uh, owners are being bullied for some reason by the guy in D.C., and I have no idea why they even listen to him because he's he's out of his lane. <laughs> he's really way out of his lane. Uh, Trump has no control over what happened in the NFL, the private entity, uh, but he's doing the pander to his his people. And, and he's bullying these owners for the most part. A, a lot of them, honestly, obviously a great deal of them were probably voters of his supporters of his but there are some that weren't that, that didn't vote for him but they're being bullied also because they're going along with the flow of things and like i said if if you are silent you are complicit to everything so these owners that have no spine that don't want to back that, that, that don't want to shoot back at trump and at, at other owners who are trying to bully them as well it, it's sickening and to see Roth now do a 180 is it would
0: be And a tweet from Dave Zaron here, Bone. This is a great tweet. Imagine if the players said they was raising their fists to take a knee as just to support our troops. Owners would have swooned. Isn't about the anthem. It's just about saluting black voices who's being raised against the police violence. NFL loves black bodies, black minds, not so much. What a great tweet.
3: Yeah, Dave, Dave. is always on point. Dave. Dave, Dave uh, has has no filter, and he. And I, I love when when he comes out there and he puts people on blast. Uh, it, it's it's an accurate statement when you think about it. I mean, just think that all these times when these fans and these politicians and the like and they tell these athletes stick to sports, we only want you to entertain us. Just go out there and suck and die for us, and that's all they really want. But when a guy raises his his voice and says and tries to get the justices, I mean, then they say, oh well, you know, he, he's rocking the boat. Uh, just stick to sports. Don't talk about anything that I don't want, I don't I don't care about or doesn't affect me. And it's it's disgusting because you know no one tells uh, J J. Watts to stick to sports when he's out there helping Houston the floods, you know. But they're telling these guys to stick to sports when. Yeah, you know, the people are, are being shot and harassed on, on a daily basis. Disgusting.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I, I really want to read us something from Martin Luther King here. Uh, here it is. You know, huh. Martin Luther King talked about the white moderates versus the white conservatives and how you're disappointed in them and you know it's just uh disappointing to see a lot of these because a lot of these people in the nfl are white moderates and white conservatives who just want it to stay the same and Mm -hmm. we can't do that and i i really want to read dr king's uh you know uh Statement here, this is what it says, Bone He said, I've re- Almost reached the regrettable conclusion that, that the Negro's great Stumbling blocking the stride Towards freedom is not the White Citizens Council uh, White Nationalists or the Klu Klux Klan uh, White Supremacists but The white moderate and white conservatives Who are most devoted to order Than to justice, Bone And what a what lot of NFL fans are, Bone There are those white moderate, those white conservatives who want you just to do it at the right time or just weigh it out or you can do, I mean, we all have the same opportunities. Uh, You know, it's not a difference in how you, it's not an equality difference. I mean, we're given the same opportunities. It's those, those, that's NFL's customer that he's talking about who don't understand the plight. That's why they boo it. That's why they don't get it. That's why they... They
3: protest because they don't want to see it. Yeah, it's almost as if they're inconvenienced by the fight for a fight for justice. And uh to me that that is uh, awful and it's insic- to have that. And I, I've talked to many friends like that, you know, who don't want to be bothered with, you know, the protesting. They don't want their athletes to be heard, only seen. Uh and we we've had many discussions uh, even heated ones um, behind closed doors, my friends and I. So, I, I it's, like I said, when when you are silent or indifferent, you are complicit. And that's how I told my friends the same thing. Because this is a fight that everyone should be behind. Injustice is a thing that everyone should be behind. and It shouldn't come at a convenient time to fight it. It should, it should come at a time... Where anything uncomfortable Because that's when change really happens
0: Exactly And for it to change It takes the those who are in power To change it And exactly. the whites are in power In America right now Now in 2043 this will be a majority minority country But right now Whites <laughs> still in power And it takes whites To back their minority brothers and sisters To push the fight forward not allow that segment of, of the white community or those, or to get those silent white moderates and white conservatives to speak out about right and wrong, not the status quo. And.
3: Exactly, exactly.
0: I'm going to say this, Bone. I might have found some listeners out here who are white conservatives. I don't understand The white conservatives or the white moderates who are evangelicals. How can you be of mm-hmm. of, of the Lord and of God and you see injustice of the minorities and blacks and you sit that I'd do nothing or you are or you found what's going on? Mm-hmm. It don't add up to me. I agree. Don't add up.
3: No, that doesn't. that's not. No, that doesn't. How can not, you be
0: okay with what's <laughs> happening to your minority brothers and sisters when you're okay yeah. voting for people who suppress them, their vote? Suppress them in their communities. <laughs> don't give them the, enough resources to get out of a situation that predicament. Give no edu- education, enough tools to join you, at where you're at. Right. But no, you're you're fine with them being fifty yards behind you. <laughs> you don't want them to catch up and pass you. Because remember, that jackass, that jackass in D.C. is elected because of white fear. He hmm. he, he stroked. White fear in the culture wars, and put that forty percent of that ridiculous jackass base he has against everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's more of us, and it's of them. So it's about right. voting our numbers, getting out, and pushing back against that wacky lunatic friends group of people that supports that jackass in the in the White House right now.
3: Yeah, well he. He's in the white House right now because of the very outdated and racial electoral college system uh that that right there is the main thing that's the electoral college is so outdated and racist and was made for racism that's why he's in the office as it is right now uh and i so it's it's just disheartening to see that such a small a small pocket of haters out there. They, they're now controlling so much.
0: Amen to that. And speaking of the anthem policy, Bone, Jarrell K said, Peace prepared to take his fine. Value the anthem policy. More places to take his stand. Just find me. Because guess what? If you keep <laughs> finding them, it's going to some backlash against you. Like, yeah. call, call their bluff. I like it.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a hellacious fight. Uh, if if the Dolphins actually suspend some of the players for this, there's going to be a crazy fight with the NFLPA and with public sentiments. Uh, it, I can't see that going that way. So Jarrell Casey is right that he should call their bluff. He should listen and say, you know what? Take, I'll take the fine uh, because it, it's going to happen for 16 weeks. So get ready for, a, 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 like a national bleak storm <laughs> out there. And it's something that Goodell and the owners will not want to have. They don't want to have this every Sunday where their players are getting fines for something that shouldn't be finable in the first place. So if that happens, I can only imagine negative backlash towards NFL as it is. It's has its own backlash as it is to have further backlash when you're fining guys or standing up against injustice. How do you look if you're the NFL and you're a fining team, fining players, for standing up against injustice.
0: Exactly. What? What? What a what a world we live, we live in where it's, fight for injustice is is, is wrong. When a country is finally on protest. And last topic, but speaking of injustice, uh, Arizona Junior manager Steve Kahn was since today two, two days in jail and seven days of house arrest for an extreme DUI charge in Arizona. He Remember, he's a white GM. Black player Michael Floyd was still 24 days in jail, and 96 days of home detention for the same infraction. 2017, bone. That is, to me, sentence inequality. It goes to statistics that white people are sentenced lesser than blacks are in this country, and whites want to deny that. Those white, marginalized conservatives who Argue with you and I about our positions on these these topics. We want to argue this point, but it's clear as day right here. Former Cardinals receiver Michael Floyd got twenty-four days in jail, nine days of house arrest for the same offense. Steve Kahn just committed; he got two days and seven days of house arrest. <laughs> I don't know what's an yeah. cool example in that bone.
3: It's interesting. I, I think we, we when you go by this case, uh, I think that more than anything else, honestly, it's has to do with uh, power and color and just system that's broken. And the fact that Arizona, it's happened in Arizona, and I think we all know what happens in Arizona so much so many times uh, with the inequalities and injustice of, of, of that state. Um, because, like you said, same, same infraction by player and GM, and the GM gets only two days and then seven days a house. Uh, That doesn't add up. And it's amazing because this same instance came up with their Broncos, I believe, in 2013 or 2014. One of their executives, uh, Matt Russell, was caught with a DUI, and he did seven months in jail and then got suspended by the Broncos. Uh, (laughs) And it happened in Colorado. So I I think we both know that Colorado and Arizona have different viewpoints on a lot of things in life. Uh, So it's definitely not fair. It's definitely an injustice. Uh, it's not going to change. Arizona is hasn't forever. Arizona, and it's just it's disgusting and disheartening because every because we we should be ha- dealing more equal footing, and it's not going to happen anytime soon until we get more people more people who are white in power
0: to have our backs and fight for us, or, uh, fight alongside of us. Yes, indeed, well, folks. Yes, this week's boss and bone segment on the boss man. show hope you enjoyed it. We'll do it again next week, folks. We are out. <laughs>